Welcome to the Global Health Rehabilitation Initiative podcast from the School of Physical and Occupational Therapy, McGill University. Today, I will be speaking with Sarah Abbas Bay. She is a creative healer, world traveler, and collector of human experiences. She is also a physical therapist with experience both here in North America, Asia, and Africa. She did her bachelor's and master's here at McGill University and has since been an advocate for the greater impact that her field of expertise has globally on healthcare systems. She worked first in ortho in Montreal and then she moved to Singapore. I'm excited to ask her more about this. Her work in a community hospital in neurology and geriatrics spiked interest in exploring the vestibular system, dizziness, and balance disturbance disorders, especially with elderly. She now works in Ghana and is hoping to develop continuing education for physical therapists and implement vestibular rehab services amongst medical practitioners. The GHRI podcast hosts guests who work in the field of global health and rehabilitation and are short interviews conducted with our Global Health Forum speakers. Both the podcasts and the forums are venues for Global Health Rehabilitation Initiative to engage rehab students and faculty to current topics and issues in the field of global health and ultimately show how they can get involved. All these podcasts can be found on the McGill School of Physical and Occupational Therapy website, Global Health tab. My name is Monica Slanik, and I'll be hosting this podcast, and I'd like to welcome Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me here today. I'm happy, I'm excited to hear uh, your story and how you came here today and what's happened to you since you left McGill. This is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'd like to start from the beginning. Tell me uh, what happened after you graduated. Tell me a little bit about your first job here and how you ended up on the path that you're on right now. All right. So... um, actually started as a in kinesiology so I did two years in kinesiology in Montreal University so I really liked the body so it's since a a kid I really I was fascinated by the body so I went to kinesiology did two years worked as a private trainer but I realized that I was missing the pathology I wanted to explore more disease Uh, I wanted to explore more how to bring back people on their path and I didn't want to be a doctor so I then went to physio. So I did the bachelor and then the master at McGill. Um, and I always wanted to, for me, exploring one thing um, is always to explore it from different angle. So while doing the bachelor and the master at McGill, I also I wanted to explore rehabilitation. So I worked um, as a physio assistant for the Redmen and Martlet um, basketball team for a couple of years. At the same time, I was a private trainer, and at the same time, I was working at Medicus, mm-hmm. the orthopedic lab, uh, where I really explored compression stocking, medical equipment, I worked with OT, um, so it was really great. I don't know how I did it, because we have 24 hours in a day, uh, so I have no idea how I did it, but I did it. I traveled for two, three months. Uh, all my colleagues were starting to work in a clinic, and I'm like, I need to travel. So I left for two, three months, and then I started working in what was called back then the Clinic de Réadaptation Universelle in Laval. Um, so I worked for a year and a half. Um, and as a physio or OT or any uh, professional in health, 
you're like a sponge for the first couple of years so you just learn and learn and learn which was great um, but I realized quickly that I I felt like in a box mm-hmm. um, I feel that I was attached to a physio attached to a structure attached to a way of doing things and that it would not work with me and I wanted to continue to travel so the first year and a half I was working and then traveling here and there um, but it was not enough like I wanted to stay in a place and really understand how the system was working so so I quit the clinic Um, people were advising me to stay in the clinic learn as a new physio for a couple of years and uh, and yeah I decided to quit and dedicate my I it took me four to five months to actually find a job and then move to Singapore um, but it was it was worth it yeah. how did you decide to move to move to Singapore uh, I applied in at least like 200 in 200 places so I really dedicate my time I applied in the Middle East I applied in South Africa I applied in Australia New Zealand um, and during the, 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 the months Um, I had like interview at 2 a.m. in New Zealand because of the time difference. Um, so I had a job in Dubai, uh, in New Zealand, and then I got Singapore. Um, and because I was in my early 20s, no, not, that's not true, in my mid-20s, um, I wanted to travel at the same time and Singap- Singapore offered me a good job, good salary, but also I would be able to travel in Asia. So I, I got Singapore. Okay. So it was your love for traveling as well as being able to being wanting to think outside of the box and wanting something different, which mm-hmm. led you to apply to different countries. Yep. And mm-hmm. okay, so tell me a little bit about Singapore, like arriving there and working in a whole new country, culture, all of that. How was that? So different mindset, different culture, different people. I've been to I went to Asia in 2008. Um before getting into physio. Uh, I stayed for two, three months in Cambodia and Thailand. So I, I went to Asia before. I was staying in Yishun and the name of the hospital was Kutekwat Hospital. And I went there. So I went there the first week and it was a shock because I was working in musculoskeletal orthopedic for a year and a half. Um, and I was working now in neurology. Uh, neurology acute uh, acute ward so patient after a stroke trauma after a brain surgery and there the physio have to do also the secretion clearance um, so I had to kind of like bring back all the knowledge from my physio year for the master and bachelor um, I realized that in that community hospital a lot of people were in Singapore you have it there's a an amazing diversity of people mm-hmm. um, so you have Chinese okay you have Indians you have Malaysian from Malaysia um, you have people from Asia so you have Taiwanese you have different people and all those people so you know that after a stroke or when you come out of a coma the mother tongue language is the okay. one that you have to communicate with yeah so, so how did you deal with that do you know all these languages I tried to learn oh, so okay. I spent the first couple of months Um, so I would work during the day and then come back home, try to deal with the whole, where do I do my grocery? Where do I wash my clothes? How do I um, put money on my phone? So mm-hmm. just like the regular things. And then after that, start reading notes about neurology. So my bachelor and master kind of like all the notes um, read 
and then learn language. So I learned Chinese, but then even in Chinese, you have Mandarin, you have Cantonese, mm-hmm. you have Hokkien. Um, so I tried to learn how to communicate, to, at least to do an assessment with people. But I learned after the two years, I was able to speak in Malay, I'm able to speak in Mandarin. Um, and uh, yeah, so adapting to culture um, and then the healthcare system. So the acronym that they use, the um, they use acronyms for everything there. So you, you need to, like even when people talk, so even when a doctor or a physio give you, give you a report, um, they just use acronym on acronyms and you're there not understanding their accent. So mm-hmm. I couldn't even understand their accent plus their acronyms. So it was challenging, to be honest. It was really challenging. So this sounds very overwhelming, actually. Learning many languages in a new place, mm-hmm. new culture... I think you have to be a person who wants to learn, wants to learn beyond, like wants to learn languages and new skills, new acronyms. And, and are, are you like, would you say that it's your personality that really fueled all of this? I love to learn. Okay. So learning for me is till my last day. So even when the last day, um, I want to continue want learning. To learn. Yeah. So I want to learn. Um, I do admit that it was overwhelming. It was uh, it was a lot, um, but past that, there was kind of like a two three months where it was like, what am I doing here? Uh, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to a country where they speak Spanish, mm-hmm. it's one language and that's it. But there were a lot of languages, a lot of things to deal with. I say that you need to have a purpose. The purpose makes the whole difference. Um, and I think even in life, it helps you to go through certain things, to challenges. So I went there because I wanted to get out of the box. I went there because I wanted to learn. And I went there because I wanted to travel. And for me, it was get through this and you'll be able to do all these things. So okay. I think it's a it's a matter of purpose. So are you working? So which population are you working right now? The same? That's in Ghana? Or? Yeah. No, so I did in Singapore, I did one year, they have a rotation system. So as a physio in a hospital, you do six to eight months in, uh, let's say, in orthopedic, and then you change to neuro, and then you have geriatrics. So I did one year in neurology, mm-hmm. um, and I also did my training in vestibular rehab in the acute setting. Okay. So there, the physio go in ER, and then you assess dizzy patient, and then you tell the doctor if they need an MRI, if they can be discharged, if they need medication. So I did the ER and acute vestibular rehab training. Um, and in the second year, I work in geriatrics. So that was really fun. So I love working with elderly. It's okay. my, I can spend hours with them. I can talk to them. I prefer staying with elderly than with friends at a party or something. I really love um, being with them. They have so much to share. They have so much to it's, it's better for me to talk to one elderly than to read a book because they have so, so many... much knowledge and years of experience yeah. and wisdom to share and I think. wisdom to share um so for me it's treating an elderly it's kind of like it's fun yeah. yeah yeah so the geriatric was really nice and it really helped me to realize that i like working with geriatrics um and uh and yeah so that was the second year but to come back to your question now in ghana um I am working with in a, in a private clinic. So I'm still, I'm working with population from different ages. I don't do pediatrics, um, but adults, older adults, and all my projects, I'm trying to focus a lot on elderly. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so how many years were you in Singapore? Uh, it was two years. Two years. And yeah, then, two years. then you went to Ghana? Um, then I, I stayed a little bit longer. So I founded an organization when I was in Ghana, um, in Singapore, sorry, mm-hmm. um, to de-isolate elderly. So okay. with a friend, uh, we founded uh, the Kampong Kaki, mm-hmm. which is in Malay, and it means um, the friends from the village. A lot of uh, elderly in Singapore are isolated emotionally, physically, um, but also because of the language. So many are speaking different language, um, but people who help them are not necessarily fully speaking the same language. Okay. Um, so sometimes they spend months and years getting help getting people to come and see them but they can't speak to them mm. um so we were did um, activities where once every month we would pair one elderly with one young person who could speak in the same language and then bring them outside in a different pla- different place in singapore where they could walk so push a little bit the rehab like make them walk make mm-hmm. them move make them dance sing but talk in the with some with people who can understand them and then have lunch with them okay so um, i'm hearing a very holistic approach a little bit of is, occupational yeah. therapy and physical therapy, physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it sounds uh it sounds it sounds really interesting to me as well mm-hmm. are there occupational therapists or were you did you work with other rehab professionals with occupational therapists yeah in, yeah and do they have other rehab professionals or it's just physio and OT? No, they have a really good health system in okay. Singapore. It's a really, really good system. Okay. Um, so physio, occupational therapist, speech therapist um, are usually on board. I worked a lot with them in the hospital. Okay. So a l- most of the patient, um, the doctor will refer for physio, occupational therapist. That's for every sing- almost every single patient. Wow, um, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, um, especially in neuro and geriatrics, um, every single patient, uh, and then speech therapist uh, sometimes, and then nutritionist, and it was a really holistic, okay. uh, I would say, approach. So if one of our students or faculty wanted more information on that uh, initiative that you started, can they find it online? Um, my friend, Rachel Cole, continued the, the, the activity. I'm not sure if she's still doing it. Um, because it was something that we did together Uh Um, and I think that after um, when I left um, I'm not sure uh, if it's still happening so but they they can contact me and then uh, I can I can give them it's just nice to have these these ideal examples Mm -hmm. and and especially when they're in another culture or country to see how how it's done there and compare Mm -hmm. and learn from experiences Mm -hmm. like that Okay. And uh, okay, sorry, I keep interrupting you. So continue with your journey or how did you end up in Ghana? So I was in Singapore um, for the last couple of months. I was doing, I was working with that, the Kampong Kaki, so the foundation, tried to hand over everything to Rachel Cole, my friend. Um, and I, want for, I wanted for years to go back to um, where my family is in Madagascar. Um, okay. But it was a bit far from Montreal, where my parents, my sister, um, are now. Um, so I wanted to explore more the west of Africa. I was like, okay, it's a bit closer to home. Um, and literally, I woke up one morning and I'm like, explore Ghana. I didn't have any friend, no one from Ghana, literally. So I'm like, okay, Ghana, let's explore. I went back to Montreal after my contract. Um, and I wanted to 
get out of the model of working five days a week as a clinician it was not for me so that was me i get out of that box i got out of that box now the plan and my goal was to create a model where i could i had a lot of ideas um so i wanted to try and i didn't want to work five days a week basically um so i came back to montreal um i wanted to leave right away for ghana Mm -hmm. um I talked to parents and my parents were like just build up a little bit more <laughs> savings you know like parents um and i actually listened to them and i was like okay fair enough um and my mistake and it was not a mistake um my mistake was to look for what was available so we often look at what's out there what's available in terms of opportunities or job instead of creating what we want mm. So I looked at jobs, I sent CVs, and I got something from Kinatex. Um, but it was it was a unfortunate, unfortunate um, meeting in terms of I went to an interview. Uh, it was the Kinatex in Côte Vertu, which is the old uh, Hélène Maru mm-hmm. and Doreen Killens clinic. Um, so I was interviewed by Hana Lamy, uh, who is a mentor, good friend now, and someone who has really changed a lot of things for me. And uh, she, I was honest with her. I'm like, Rana, I don't want to work five days a week. I'm going to leave in eight to 10 months. And I have a lot of ideas. I want to implement services. I want to work on things. Can you work with me? She was like, yeah, 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 that's fun. She believed in my ideas. She Mm -hmm. believed in me more than what I was actually able to, like she, she could see things through my eyes that I couldn't even see. Mm-hmm. I worked with her for eight to 10 months. Uh, we tried to work with elderly, with fall programs, um, and we implemented uh, neurological services. There are no neurological services in okay. private clinic in Montreal, and we could see a gap, so I could see a gap. So we tried to implement neurological services. So I did that for eight to 10 months, and during the eight to 10 months, I went for three weeks to Ghana. Okay. I didn't know anyone, so I just bought a ticket. I went there, um, and I just basically did a door-to-door thing. So meet one person, talk to that person, and during the time in Montreal, so I would work during the day, and then at night read articles um, in Ghana, read article about physio or anything, and then remember the author's name. Okay. Just remember names, try to pretend that I know a little <laughs> bit of the system I went there and then went to a clinic talked to the physio mentioned a couple of names just to you know like mm-hmm. kind of like network there for three weeks and at the end the last day I found this clinic uh, mm-hmm. which is called Accra Physiotherapy and Sports Clinic Injury who's owned by Anna Hoffin mm-hmm. she's a physio who worked in Alberta she's okay. a Ghanaian herself okay. and she now has a clinic um, in Accra and is this where you work now? This is where I'm working oh, now. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we connected and she's like, yeah, yeah, come. Uh, it took a couple of weeks to months. So I went in January 2018 and I only moved there in June. Okay. So I came back. I planned a little bit my things. Yeah, in June 2018, I moved to, to Accra. I, I hear so many things. I hear that you like to think outside of the box. I'm hearing that you like to learn and learn new languages. It's really your personality and your purpose that keeps you in working globally. For our students who are learning here in Canada, would you recommend that they all go and try and do 
uh, either a field work or early work experience in another country. And I asked two, two reasons, because I, I'm hearing that you, you are a person who likes to travel, who wants to go and explore the world, but some people actually want to stay here also or stay, you know, where their family is. Um, but if they go and work somewhere else, what can they bring back to here? Like, why, why would you recommend it or maybe not? Um, so a couple of elements in your question. I agree that some people want to travel, some people want to stay here, and it's fine because we need people here. here. Yeah. <laughs> and we need people, and there, there are 7 billion people right. on the planet. So different model, different ways of, with different ways of doing things. I think that a really good thing would be for every student in one of their internship to go in a different system. It doesn't have to be outside of Canada. It can be just in a different province or in right. a different city or just to get that feeling and get that you're putting yourself in a new environment and you need to adapt. You need to go back to that full openness mm-hmm. and just be willing to work where you are in the system with people. Try to work in the system in an environment where you're you're the foreigner you're you need to think out of the box um and i think it's it's a learning experience um and i think that everyone it's part of the learning um because even when you treat a patient sometimes you've tried everything that is possible sometimes you were working with someone from a different cultural background or I feel that it's a skill. It's Mm -hmm. also a skill that we need to learn and that we don't necessarily learn. Mm -hmm. Um, So during the bachelor or master, I think that internship would be important to have. Um, But after, for someone who wants to go through that process or wants to travel or wants to, again, I think it depends on the purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, So if someone says, I don't want to travel, I'm comfortable in Canada, but I want to experience different things. Um, you can dedicate the first 10 years of your career as a physio and move. We don't have that system here where you rotate from different um, rotation. Uh, I know that it was like this before, like years ago, um, but maybe try neurology and then try cardioresp and then try orthopedic, but try to rotate, to change system, um, but try to challenge yourself. That's if you don't necessarily want to get out of the country or uh, the province. Um, if you want to work abroad maybe you don't want to stay there forever you just want to go for a couple of weeks or months you can actually like so different countries they want to welcome people and they want to learn Mm -hmm. what they don't like i realize is that a lot of the ngo a lot of the people who go abroad um they go with their vision and they they want to start something new it's easier to start something new than to work with something that is already in place. Mm-hmm. So people go there and they try to train. They try to implement something. Um, people are already there. Physio and OT are working so much for to improve their system. So if you go, if people want to go for two months or three months, they can actually go in a different country, contact the physio association or the occupational therapy association or the speech therapist association and try to say, I have a two, three months. I would like to come and be willing to learn. Mm -hmm. So when you go abroad, we often think that we're the one training, we're the one teaching them. 
I am learning right now more than ever to redefine learning Mm because learning is not only the skills right you learn so much about people you learn how to work with people who don't think in the same way who are not in the same environment Mm -hmm. so i would say that it it, it's it's a good thing to just go Mm -hmm. um even if it's for a couple of weeks or months and then come back so it's a possibility there's so many possibilities it's just to new perspectives and a different understanding so at how long would it take before you say it would be comfortable for you to start a new initiative? Mm, it depends. I don't know that there is um, um, there's not a specific period of time. Um, it's whenever I feel that I understand the system. Okay. So I work long enough in that system. I understand, okay... Um, this is the definition of health and well-being for people because you need to understand what is health for people they don't always have the same definition Um, what is the health definition for people how does the referral system works Um, their health insurance how does it work so understand the different layers uh, the policies understand the gaps understand what people want and what they see so are they physio and ot and they're okay with their system as it is And if they are, I don't have to do anything there. They are not necessarily ready. They don't want to do the work or they just don't see it. Right. So my goal now is not to implement something, is to make them see what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. So we're all looking at an elephant from different angles. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing, and it's the same thing with friends and children and in relationship, you can impose your vision on someone. So you go, you share your vision If they see it, they see it, and then you can work with them. If they don't see it, they don't see it, then you move. Or you try and do something else, or you change your angle. So I would say whenever I'm able, and it's not a fixed period of time, but whenever I'm able to share my vision Mm -hmm. and see what's their vision and where where and when and how they need help, then I can help in the way that they want to accept my help that's when I start implementing something. Okay. So in Ghana, my plan, I'm, I have dizziness. So vestibular rehab is something that I like. Geriatric was something that I really want to work with and on because it's senior scares for me is really neglected in different parts of the world. Uh, we're focusing a lot on babies and people who are learning, people who will invest in the society. Uh, but people who have worked a lot on what we have now are neglected to mm. me. So there are different things that I want to do, but I went there and I worked in the private clinic for, I'm working three days a week only, Um, but it's enough for me to get uh, the pulse of the place, enough to see what the physio, what they do. So they don't do a lot of manual therapy. They, dizziness is not a symptom that is, it's, it's overlooked. They don't treat dizziness. They just give medication. So I was able to understand it enough to be like, okay let me go and talk to ENT so I started giving conference talk to ENT to GP uh, going to different physio department and be like hey dizziness is a symptoms that you should be aware of create a demand Mm -hmm. create a need Mm -hmm. when people see it they started messaging me hey I have a dizzy patient when you start creating the need and the demand now you can offer vestibular rehab so then I offered a workshop to train so we train 18 physio to do vestibular rehab. 
do you have a supervisor or somebody who supports you in this or there's the owner of the clinic okay. so Anna often were so we did the vestibular um, training through the clinic okay they also have a uh, the Ghana physio association mm -hmm. they have a council also um, but I feel that there you need to it's always work starts from the ground so now that people talk more about dizziness people talk more about vestibular rehab um, now the association will start acknowledging that service mm -hmm. um, so so I see that you have a lot of you you speak to a lot of different people and then your support network for your ideas mm -hmm. is there yeah so the network is there yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, really that to me is a part of global health an important part of global health I'm doing I've tried to so because I had the network, I tried to, I went to Johannesburg in May 2019 to do dry needling. Okay. Um, and it, South Africa is the only place where they do dry needling. So coming back to Ghana, I'm like, oh, dry needling in Ghana. <laughs> so I met the instruct, some of the instructor in South Africa um, and talked to them about bringing that service in the West of Africa. So... I do the same thing now in Ghana where I'm practicing. So I'm just talking every single patient. I talk to them about dry needling. I tried on physio whenever I have a conversation. Have you tried dry needling? So people are start now referring people and patient for dry needling. Um, but for for dry needling, what I want I wanted to say is that I try to work on the ground, mm -hmm. but I also tried now that I have the network to talk to the association directly to try and talk to people a little bit more on top yeah but it was still easier on the ground okay so i still had a little bit resistance from the association from this and from this person but on the ground that's where that's where for me that's where the work needs to be done okay okay that's really interesting <laughs> so now I'm just trying. I'm trying to package everything you're telling me because you have so much. I would, and to our listeners, I wish you could be here and see the smiles on Sarah's face and her hands going all over. And I can tell there's just ideas flowing out of you. So maybe if you summarize what you're doing right now and um, what you see yourself doing in five years, are you still going to be in Ghana? That's a hard question. <laughs> so I, I to, sense that might be a hard question for you. So to answer your first yeah. um, question, what I'm doing right now in Ghana, in Accra, um, I'm still working at Accra Physiotherapy and Sports Clinic Injury, uh, where I do, it's an um, orthopedic, actually that clinic, they don't have a rehab system there. So they you treat neuro, neuro cases, uh, CP cases, orthopedic case, so you treat everything. So I work three days a week there. Um, I'm trying to create a demand, but also eventually to implement dry needling mm -hmm. uh, in Ghana, trying to follow up on vestibular rehab that we implemented last year. Um, I am working also on other projects. Um, I'm trying to patent a product so they don't have microwavable bag there you know the sac magic or the oh, yeah yeah um they don't have it there so i've tried to there was a demand so i created a microwavable bag um that is easy really easy to make but with african fabric and with local product inside so the smell and everything is specific to ghana and i'm now selling 
um, the product. Um, so this is heat and cold? Or just you can he, you both. can use it for heat okay. and cold, so it's called Cushy Bag. Oh, cute. Um, and uh, yeah, so different different project. Um, I'm part also. I'm training um, yoga's instructor, so I'm part of their training uh, mm-hmm. to teach. I'm teaching anatomy and injury prevention. Um, I can continue uh, <laughs> okay. for yeah. So I'm I'm just trying to think out of the box right. and think as a physio. Or as I like to call myself, a creative healer. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to explore energy healing. I want to explore Eastern medicine. I want to try and just create. Um, there are so many things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now in Ghana. Okay, so I think it's going to be very interesting to see where you are in five years. <laughs> I will not be in Ghana. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I see myself moving every two, three years. Okay. Um, I'm lucky because I found a partner who thinks um, the same way. So we have the same mindset. We have the same purpose. Uh, we want to work. We want to continue to travel, um, explore different system. But I more and more, I want to get to a model where, I, where I'm in an independent physio. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just try almost like a consultant but a physio at the same time um, and just create um, creativity for me is really really important mm. um, so we're exploring different place but in five years I will not be in Ghana <laughs> um, I will maybe come back um, teaching opportunity next year I'm going to teach in Kenya a vestibular rehab um, there's maybe an opportunity to teach in the Netherlands next year so I'll continue to teach um, and it will allow me to travel also at the same time. Okay. So so, so yeah. if, if one of our students wanted to reach out to you for a little global uh, inspiration or, or for any tips, can they reach you? Or? Of course. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> okay. They can um, email me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Should I so get- just to know that they can reach out to you is um, I think is great for the students who mm-hmm. are interested in anything you have described um do you have anything else that you would want to add or any advice that you would want to give to uh undergrad or graduate students who are interested in working around the world for a short time or for a longer time i would say this in an advice not only if you want to work abroad or if you want to travel but just as a a human being um Mm -hmm. in general is not only to think out of the box but everyone has their own model and we tend to we want to fit in one model because it's easier to it's easier to work you have a template and it's easier because you don't have to think about certain things um but try to think look within yourself look at what you want and try to create it try to create that opportunity try to create that model Um, and not look at what's available out there and work with it try to see what you want as a person and try to think out of the box Um, and even if you don't travel and you work as as a physio as an OT or as a speech therapist create create your own model there's no one model there are seven billion ways of doing things Mm -hmm. so that would be my advice oh very nice advice well, thank you so much for sharing thank your story, you. for sharing your journey and your advice. 
Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, if anybody would like to get in touch with you, I think that they can. And I think uh, your enthusiasm really um, spreads and uh, wears off on me anyways. I'm excited to hear <laughs> what you will be doing and uh, what comes of your projects that you're working on. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you.